scary girl. Hi, everybody. Hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And, and this, this is Dead Time Stories. A weekly podcast where Sarah and I get together and we talk about ghost stories, true crime. We talk about mysteries, paranormal, supernatural, or just the generally eared, eared, weird, eerie, whatever it is that we want to talk about because it's our show. And not yours. Uh, bam, 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 also, yeah. I think it's fair. We can say that we talk about the eared. The eared? We the, do. The eared. You I know, yeah. It happens. We decided that we do talk about the eared, and that's how it goes. 2020 is quite a weird eared. It is, girl. <laughs> it puts the eared in weird. There it is. It's, um, I mean, you know, it's been a weird year, a weird year for us now. I'm like, I'm second guessing like everything. No, that you I'm can't even say it. <laughs> say now. I can't even think of uh, words. But yeah, like uh, I'm all moved in. Well, all moved in. I'm like 75% moved into my new place. All my shit is in the new place. There you go. I'm she not, already took um, a shit in the new place. It counts. That's your place now. Girl, speaking of taking a shit in the You're new like, place. Did I take a shit in this new place? Let well, me tell you about it. I was going to tell you, we bought a, um, they should be a sponsor of us because I'm going to talk about them all the time now. Is it we a bidet? A Did you get a bidet? We bought a tushy, which is a bidet attachment. Oh. <laughs> and um, I don't jealous. think I'm ever going to wipe my asshole ever again. I'm so jealous. I want one. Please sponsor us and so that I can get one for free. Tushy, please sponsor us. This was a pretty, like, pretty snazzy investment. I mean, we bought the basic model. It was like 90 bucks. And it would have taken just like 10 minutes to install it. But we remember the house that we were renting is like really old. So the screws were um, like stuck in the toilet seat. Yeah. So it was like really frustrating to get the screws out so we could install the tushy. But if that weren't a problem, it would have installed in like 10 minutes. It was super easy. The hardest part for us was unscrewing the screw on the toilet seat. Like literally that was the hardest part. It is super easy. And of course, like we tried it, and both of us, the first time you try it, you scream. Like you can't help it. You're just like, because ah! it's um, a sensation you've never felt before. Right. Because I have not felt a, a good flush of water on my butthole, but you know what? I have now several times over. And, and you're I never will going back. Never go back. I'm never <laughs> going to go back. Christina asked if it was weird if she wanted to try it. And I was like, uh, she's like, how close are you to be with somebody to like use their bidet? Oh, I mean. And I was like, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't think I've ever actively encouraged anybody to poop in my house. But you know what? Like, I want my friends to know how my butthole feels because my butthole feels great. I mean, I will say this. I feel like it's a bidet, so it's just shooting water up. It's not Correct. like sucking that dirty water back in. So it's right. like, and, I, and it's contactless. So contactless the, delivery correct. right there. The way the nozzle works, you turn it to the right to, like, rinse your butthole, and then there's a little knob where you can, like, adjust the stream. But I use it from where it is. I don't even have to, like, angle it forward. It sprays my butthole just fine from the setting that it's at. And then you turn the nozzle to the left, and it'll, like, flush the nozzle. So it'll, like, rinse the actual oh, nozzle see, itself. Oh, see? Even better. So right? everyone go and use Stephanie's bidet. Oh, my God. It is life-changing it's life-changing like i don't ever want to wipe my butthole again i'm gonna 
try. I already try not to poop anywhere but at my own house, except at work, because I like feeling like I'm getting paid to poop. I mean, but, who doesn't? Right? But now, I might not poop at work anymore. Like, I might save all my poops to poop at home so I can use my tushy to rinse my bowl. you're like, why the hell would I use this toilet paper when I have a beautiful stream of water waiting for me at home? It is. Zero Sarah, waste. It's seriously incredible. <laughs> I've used a bidet before, and I keep thinking to myself that I need to buy one, and I really do. So, Tushy, please sponsor us. Uh, send me one for free, and we will talk it up like crazy. Like easy peasy. They have merch that says, ask me about my butthole. So, if you want to ask me about my butthole, I'll tell you, it's very happy right now. Oh, please, ask us and our ghosts about our buttholes. We all I've never it. felt like, my butthole has both never been so clean and never been so, like, comfortable. At the same time. It's like, I imagine it as the feeling of like chewing gum in your mouth where at the end you're just like, this feels like really fresh and clean. That's what yeah. I imagine like your butthole My feels butthole like. My butthole feels like that. Yes. Yeah. But now Ugh. you get it 24-7 because you live with a bidet. I've only had it a few times because I visited a bidet. And I'm like, oh, it's like when your friend offers you gum and you're like, shit, I forgot how much I liked gum, but I never buy it at the store. Right? And I'm You're like, going to be like, Shit. I forgot how much I like using a bidet. But I never <laughs> buy one at the store. I never just bought my own bidet before. Well, yeah, it's like the basic model is like 90 bucks. The fancier model, um, you can control the temperature so you can do like a warmer stream as well. Mm. But that one looks a little more complicated to set up. And I was like, you know what? My butthole is going to be happy just to have a bidet at all. I don't think I need the temperature controlling bidet, but. Is there. You know, a bidet where I can do like infused water. I'd really love like a mint water, a cucumber water, uh, cleaning my. Right? Anus. Are you gonna put? You want to put essential oils in your butthole? No, I don't want to put essential oils in my butthole, girl. I'm not looking to burn my butthole off. I'm not an idiot. Ooh, have you watched Unwell yes, on Netflix? All of I've them. I've only watched the first two episodes, but girl, Honestly, you know that the first that one is the oil best episode one. Was so good. Yeah, the first one is the best one. I will say this: they also have one about fasting and intermittent fasting. And in my opinion, out of all of the episodes, the intermittent fasting one is the one that has the least amount. It only has one doctor that talks against it. Mm-hmm. Everything well, else is like, it's not, I mean, don't do it to the extreme, but like, it's not bad for you if you fast 16 hours, five days a week. Like, well, it's not the bad. way I've taken it for every, I mean, like I said, I've only watched the first two episodes, but I understood what they were doing with the first episode. And I was like, I love how they're doing this. Oh my God. Which I is, loved it. They start you out with somebody who sounds totally logical, like a normal person who's like, I use this thing yes. and oh I God. like it. And then, like, they slowly progress into people that are, like, crazier. Like, not crazy. I don't want to say crazy because I'm not trying to, like, you know, shame. But really, though. To the extreme. Correct. To the extremes. Like, the first lady in the essential oil episode, she, like, works in a hospital. And she's like, you know, I do aromatherapy. And, like, it just kind of helps people feel good. And and you're like, okay. Like, I'm down. The whole show is I'm down with the cult so far. Like, that should be the name of the show. I'm down with the cult. But I feel like. The whole thing is about when it turns where you're like, okay, like, this. This person's a little much until it gets to somebody who's like, I eat essential oils in every meal every day. I feel like the essential oils episode took the bad cult turn quicker than any of the other episodes because you deal with the woman who's in the hospital first and then you get to the blonde lady who's like, I make six figures 
who was like, I was diagnosed with like a tumor in my brain and nothing was going to help. And then I started these essential oils and now I work for Young Living and I make six figures a year and she's all happy and you think that she's fine. And then they move on to a few other people and then they get down to how she's at the top of the pyramid scheme and she's making six figures because she has thousands of people below her being oh, swindled yeah. out her of their money. Her downline is like 16,000 people. Yeah. Um, and the thing, that, the thing is about that episode though is I really think think like essential oils right just like anything else can be legit um the issue is more with that it was more about like mlms and how the industry has really like has really exploded the use of essential oils but also exploited the people who use those essential oils it's 100 percent exploited them right i've got a little and it's, bit it's more about like the the market do you know what i mean than it is about the actual like oils the product itself yeah because the product itself can be anything and everything but they're selling you the party and they're selling you the kit yeah. and blah, blah, blah. I've got some tea about the family, that doctor that they show, and then the wife who's a oh, pageant I can't queen wait. who wears oh. her fucking tiara and sash to church. That, Stephanie, like, I upset. Out. That upset Christina. <laughs> Christina I was like, I told out. my mom about that, and my mom was so offended. <laughs> I was like, of course she fucking wears her tiara to church. That's the, uh, wears her tiara to church. That is the only notable thing that has ever happened to that woman. So, someone posted on Reddit, Dead Time Story sponsored by Reddit. Someone posted on Reddit that they their friend was one of the nannies for that family and you you caught that right one Get of out. they employ two full-time almost live-in nannies for their oh, what, I believe three that. kids 100% the whole family is on an essential oil vegan lifestyle and this girl was spilling the tea about how her friend is a vegan so it wasn't that big of an issue but the other nanny was not a vegan and the whole family went to Disney World and while they were in Disney World, the non-vegan nanny ate Disney World food and, like, ate the stuff at Disney World, like, paid right. for it with her own money. But the family, the the mother and father, these crazy, weird MLM oil doctors, were like, you can't eat that stuff in front of our children and fired her not long after. Oh, my God. They said that the wife never wakes up or goes anywhere without that full face of makeup and that, yes... That. She does wear that tiara and sash around the city. It's not just a one-off thing for the show. Like, that's a thing that she does. Oh, I entirely believe that. I also, I just thought that they were, I thought that they were clever, which Christina was like, why? And I was like, they are clever, even if I don't agree with what they're doing. In their company and how they market it and how it's not like medical so that they don't have to pay extra Correct. Well, not just that, but he was saying like, you can't, you can't make all these claims about all the health benefits of essential oils if you sell essential oils. So they don't sell essential oils. They What they sell is basically a lifestyle where, like, yeah. they sell, like, recipes and they have a blog and, like, they talk about essential oils and they talk about how they can heal you and do all these miraculous things, but they don't actually sell essential oils. So that's not where any of their money comes from. It just comes from talking about it, which I thought was really fascinating. And I was like, they can make all these claims 
legally because they don't sell it. If they were selling essential oils, they couldn't say all those things. So they don't sell them outright, but they like adjacently sell them by talking about them and making all their money talking about them. I also feel like you have to know that you're swindling someone if you know that you have to jump through those loops for a product that you say you endorse so much. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. I get that. I also, he also lost me when he was like, our intro plan for how to use essential oils is this much a month. If you just stop going to Starbucks, which as soon as I hear Oh, that's always say, the argument. Right, right, right. If you just oh, stop going to Starbucks, you can afford this thing. I lose it. I'm like, you really think a $3 cup of coffee once or twice a week is what's going to make or break me being poor? Fuck you. Right, and also, like, anybody who's that poor is not going to Starbucks every no, single day. No, we're going to Wawa, you like, idiots. <laughs> we're making coffee at home. Yes. <laughs> like, Starbucks is, like, a treat. And I don't even really drink Starbucks. Like, if I'm treating myself to coffee, I treat myself to Wawa. Right? I will treat myself to Starbucks if Starbucks is the only coffee joint around. But my treat is La Colombe. I stand by La Colombe. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, Unwell, it's a great show. Tushy, it's a great product. Rinse your butthole, watch television, eat trash. We need a cab. We need a bidet <laughs> to sponsor us, and we need Netflix to sponsor us, and we need a meal kit to sponsor us. And we are offering the full quarantine package. Ooh, I would love to be sponsored by all those things. Right? And I want to like, talk quarantine about, I, brought to you by oh Dead Time Stories. I could talk about all the other subscription boxes I'm interested in right now. There's another one I signed up for as a treat for myself as a birthday present, which is Lunarly. Oh, maybe that'll be a new sub Patreon show where we talk about our subscription boxes. Oh my god, I've thought about doing that for um for YouTube, like just talking about shit that I buy because there are people that do that. That's Throw it their on whole Patreon. YouTube channel. We'll do unboxing. It's, it just feels tasteless at this time when so many people are out of work. Yes. Oh, and I feel bad laughing, but I mean, really though, I'm like, well, I'm working, like I'm working my regular job, and I'm like side hustling. And so I'm like, now I'm, you know, and I'm not fucking going anywhere because everything's closed. Yeah. I'm not doing theater. All I'm doing is hanging out at my house and buying shit. And so, unboxing like, shit that I bought. I might as well open things. I was really mad I didn't take a before picture of my office because I'm like, yo, I'm turning it out oh, in here. Oh, that's true. No, the whole new office is great. The new my office looks dope. Is super uh. cute. Anyway, you know, doing my best. I got a new bidet. I'm cleaning my butthole. Like, I'm trying to live my life right. You know what? I think the best way to start for, like, living your life right is to make sure your butthole's clean. <laughs> is make sure your butthole's clean. Yes. That, That's we the hear first at Time Stories, step. We endorse a clean butthole for A clean butthole. Wellness. Yes. Till death you part. And then some. Because you got to have them ghost farts coming out of clean ghost buttholes. They need to be clean ghost buttholes. That's it. Done. That's it and that's all. Speaking of, Stephanie... Sarah. Are we asked for Leslie or Adol? Who are we talking to? Right? I was like, are we saying another person? Anyone. Who wants to join? We'll see what I do in editing. Folks at home. Everyone. Y'all ready ready to talk talk about about some some ghosts? ghosts? Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? That was pretty good. I want to say for all the listeners involved, typically during quarantine, as you know, we are recording separately. We usually FaceTime 
today, because Stephanie's moved in, all that stuff, technical difficulties, <laughs> we're not able to look at each other. We are just Y'all, hearing audio. Y'all, I don't audio. even have Wi-Fi right now. It's real <laughs> difficult. Like, I don't think you realize how integral it is for us to be able to see each other. I know I was just talking about buying a bunch of things, but, like, life is hard. Everything is weird. <laughs> Speaking of, go support our Patreon and give us money. We're just doing our best. <laughs> go support our Patreon because this month's I Seen It is going to be a rocking good time. I can't wait to tell Sarah about it. And you're going to want to listen. And before we jump into our stories, another quick reminder, if you did listen two episodes ago, Adel Rafai will be writing us original content about the ghost that we created on our episode with him named Trinity and how she met her untimely demise. If you sign up for the $5 or $15 tier, you will get that original, I want to say artwork, but it's not artwork. It's just original like, story. original story. You get that original story, which is super dope. Your first month of subscribing to the $5 or $15 yes. tier. Done. So jump yes. on. Absolutely. You know what we did? What did we do? We didn't talk about who was going first. I was just going to say that I was probably going to go first. <laughs> I will take it that's, away. That's literally what I was about to say. Do you already have material from living in your haunted house? Um, Not quite. I mean, I got more information about the house. Oh, <gasps> so is that we part found of your story? That's not, but I'll go ahead and go into that. Okay, because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's more interesting than what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we found out a little more information about the house that we're renting. So my partner and I moved into this house right beginning of uh, of September. It's a week in. And this house is definitely older. Um, I don't know how old. It's definitely been built before the 70s because you get this little piece of paper when you move into a house that's older than 1978 that tells you that there's lead paint on the walls and not to eat the paint chips. And we well, definitely got one of those. Fuck? Why did you buy it? I thought that meant there were snacks included in First the walls. First of all, we didn't buy it. We rented it. I'm so then, you're right. Why did you rent it? I thought there were snacks in the walls. So, um, we were having an issue, we're still having an issue, getting our internet hooked up, and one of the things that they asked us was, like, about, you know, they wanted proof that we lived here, and we're like, okay, well, here's our lease, and they said that there was an issue because there was somebody else who lived at this address who, like, had FIO service, so we're like, I don't think anybody's lived in this house for a while, so we asked the landlord about it, and the landlord told us that nobody's lived in this house for eight months, so we're like, okay, like... Get it settled. Like, nobody lives here. Nobody's lived here for eight months. Please come hook up our internet, right? Mm -hmm. Then we learned from the neighbors that this was her grandmother's house, and her grandmother passed away eight months ago. (gasps) In the house? I think in the house. Stop! Val was like, no, they have to tell you if somebody died in the house. And I was like- Not if it's like that. Not if it's family. Listen, though, I was like, I think that's one of those things like a cop has to tell you they're a cop if you ask where people believe that. But that's not actually true. I think you're right. I don't think they have to tell you. So then I Googled it. (gasps) um, And in some states they do. But Pennsylvania is one of the states where they do not have to tell (gasps) you um, if somebody died in the house. But also, I think that only goes for buying. And we didn't buy the house. We're renting the house. So in Pennsylvania, if we were buying the house, they wouldn't have to tell us that. But second of all, we didn't buy the house. We rented the house. So I don't think anyone would have told us. Correct. I'm of the mind that she died in the house. 
Um, Val is like, don't say that. I don't want to think about it. Val, you wanted this house. We knew it was haunted before you moved now, in. Now, here's the thing. I'm not upset about it. Even if there is a ghost, like, I- I'm just like, the house has a really good energy about it. I don't think she died in, like, a horrible way. I think she no, just died because she, like, she was older. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're being respectful of her house. Like, we're taking good care of it. So I don't think we're really going to have a problem here. But... That was just a little more info about the house. And the house has been in the family for a really long time. I don't know how long. Um, I don't know how long her grandmother lived here. I don't know who owned it before her grandmother. But remember I said that this house has to be at least, you know, over 40 years old because of the, the paint chip warning that we got. But it was her grandmother's house and her grandma died a few months ago and nobody has lived in the house since her grandma died. Well, get ready. Grandma's going to be poking around your shit. Well, every now and then I have had like a weird feeling and I've like turned and looked, but like there's nobody there. <laughs> um, I'm trying not to get too in my head about it because I'm pretty sure it's just me being in my head, but I haven't really like seen anything like weird or uncomfortable. And like I said, I think we're taking good care of the house, so I don't think she's really going to have a problem with us. Yeah, um, you're not being disrespectful or anything. Yeah. We're not. So I think we're all, I think everything's going to be cool. You're going to do the Mary Angela style where you're like, you're here, we're here. Oh, we're going to stay out of each other's business. That's correct. So that's my intention is just to be like, hey, like, thanks for letting us share this space. You have a beautiful home. I have no intention of giving you any trouble. <laughs> thanks for having us. Please don't bother us. Thank you so much. Kind of where I'm going with this. I'm just kind of like, you got a girlfriend, like, no problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. so uh, that's not officially what I'm talking about this week. I was like, week, so on a side th- note, what are you talking about this week, Stephanie? Those were all things I wanted to talk about, though. I wanted to talk about my butthole. Okay. Uh, I wanted to talk about the house. Okay. <laughs> um, butthole no. house story. Sounds good. Sounds like dead time story. Sounds like on brand. It does. So, um, in true fashion, I'm not actually telling a story this week so much as there's something I've been fascinated by and I keep forgetting that it is a local thing and that not everybody has been seeing this. So I'm going to talk about that today. It's a Philadelphia local thing? Not necessarily Philadelphia specifically, but this region, yes. The Philadelphia, like, southeastern Pennsylvania, and now it's becoming a problem in New Jersey. Ooh, Okay. Um, which is the infestation of the spotted lantern fly. Oh my god. So if you're not in this area, <gasps> before I read about them or saw them everywhere, I literally saw one at work and I was like, what is this bug? I've never seen a bug like this before. And then and 50 more swarmed upon and you and they were like, this fucking, is our land now. They're fucking everywhere. They're everywhere. So... The spotted lantern fly is a plant hopping fly that's indigenous to parts of northern China, Taiwan, and Vietnam, and it spread invasively to Japan, South Korea, and most recently the United States. Although it has two pairs of wings, it jumps more than it flies. Yeah, those little it- jumping fuckers. Oh, they're little bastards. <laughs> its oh, host wow. plants include grapes, stone fruits, and malice species, although it prefer- its preferred host is the Alinathus altissima, which is just a Latin name for a Chinese sumac tree. A tree. Um, 
Right. In its native habitat, it's kept in check by natural predators or pathogens. It was accidentally introduced in South Korea in 2006 and has since been considered a pest. In September 2014, it was first recorded in the United States. And as of 2020, it is an invasive species in the Delaware Valley, eastern Pennsylvania, southwestern New Jersey, northern Delaware, eastern Maryland, and northern Virginia. So it's really, really, really starting to spread. If you haven't seen these bugs, they're most of them when you see them in like their nymph stage um, or a little bit older, they have like a tan light brown wing with like black at the base of the wing. And then there's black polka dots like all over the wings. Um, and then the underwings are red. So if you try and squash one or like get near it, it's going to like jump. Um, and then it'll flap its little red wings. And they're fucking creepy looking if you get really close because they have these like beady red eyes. Yes. They're horrifying. <laughs> so They're little bastards. Like you said it right. They're little bastards. They are little bastards. So the reason that there's a huge problem with them right now is that, as we mentioned, in their native area, there are natural predators against them, but they have spread so much because the places that they've spread to, there's nothing there that kills them. So, like, we don't have any birds that eat them. Like, there aren't any, like, bugs or anything that eat them. There's We're nothing on our really. Own. Like, people in Philadelphia are squashing them every time we see them. Like, it's a thing. So, and I'm usually, like, unless a bug tries to, like, get on me, I've tried to, like, develop as I've gotten older this, like, you know, don't kill it if you don't have to, like, unless it's messing with you or whatever, like, get it out of the house. But I have taken such delight in killing these because the EPA has told us to. So yeah, people will clap for you. I killed one at the brewery the other day. People clap. They're like, oh, thank you. Oh, my God. They get so excited. So, um... Originally, it was described by Adam White in 1845 as Aphania delicatala, with the habitat outside of Nankin, China. Adult lanternflies have a black head and gray-brown forewings adorned with eponymous black spots. When resting, the crimson hand w- er, hind wings are partly visible through the semi-translucent forewings, giving the lanternfly a red cast. Neatly spaced black rectangular markings color the tips of the forewings in a pattern sometimes likened to brick and mortar. In flight, the spotted lanternfly displays red hindwings with, ba- with black spots on the, prox- er, on the proximal third, a white wedge in the middle of the wing, and a solid black wing tip. The abdomen is yellowish with black and white bands on the top and bottom. The lanternfly is a strong jumper and uses its wings to assist these jumps rather than making sustained flights. In traditional Chinese medicine, the spotted lanternfly is believed to be poisonous and is used topically for relief from swelling oh we don't care about that in the u.s we just want to kill them you just want to kill them they god seeing pictures of them small and seeing pictures of them like covering trees is horrifying so when they're smaller they're like black and white then they start to develop a little bit of red and then when they're fully grown the adult spotted lanternflies are the ones that we described that are like brown with the black spots yeah and the The EPA has been asking people to kill them even better if you can find, um, like, an egg hatch. Yeah, they Um, say to try to kill the eggs before winter hits because then they'll just go dormant and then they'll rehatch again, which is what happened last year. So they were asking people to try and crush the the eggs if you find them. They look like – they grow on the side of a tree and they kind of look like a weird moss. You can find pictures of it. And the way that they tell you to do that is just to scrape it off the tree and squish it. 
Like, just get it off. That's the best, most effective way that you can get rid of them. Because if you're killing an egg clutch, you're getting rid of, like, 50 to a 100 at bunch. a time. Yeah. Um, versus, like, when you're just, like, slapping one. Um, now, they are super, super gross. And the main reason they're a problem besides that nothing eats them, they are crop destroyers. Yeah. So they are, like, in mass ripping through a lot of the crops in this area. And they eat really quickly, and then their waste looks like um, – it kind of looks like mold, and it encourages mold. Their waste is, like, black and sticky and sweet. Um, and so they eat a bunch of crops, then they poop all over the crops, and then the crops get really moldy. So there's no way to save anything once they've come through. They're just uh, little bastards. They're really disgusting. and They're really icky. Um, if you have tried to kill them, if you see them, they're really fast. So, like, if you try and get one, they usually hop and, like... They fly a little bit, but mostly it's like a gliding hop over like six feet or so. Um, I have found the best way to get them is to like swing at them so that they fly and then just follow them and hit them as they land. Because they're tired after like the first hop. After or that so. jump, they they're, they're like, the Ugh, hop, they're like Ugh. I can't do it again. They lose a lot of energy after that first jump. Because they're so- idiots. So they will jump and you will miss them that first time, but just follow them to wherever they land and kill them there. I have killed so many of them at work, Sarah, because remember, I don't work um, in the city proper, everybody. So I work a little bit outside of Philadelphia, like near the airport. So it's a little more like suburban in that area. Um, So it's not so much city there's a lot of like woods and stuff and the trees outside my job they're like oh they're like yeah like swarming with them they're all and i when i'm really frustrated it's really nice to take your quarantine frustration out on the lantern flies and i'll just go out and start swatting like crazy (laughs) the issue is when i have my mask down because i usually wear a tie style mask not like an ear elastic mask um, so if I have my mask pulled down, the strings will dangle on my back, and I'm like, they've come to get me! <laughs> like, so you start slapping your back, and you're like, never, right, mind, never like mind. I th- Right, like, I think that they're, like, coming to, like, get revenge <laughs> for all their fallen brethren. They don't have but that much brains. I've killed so many of them that the other day, I dubbed myself the Lanternfly Assassin. That's fair. And... I literally, I had killed a bunch of them, and I was walking up on one, and I swear to God, out loud, I went, don't you know who I am? (laughs) (laughs) And it, did it freeze? And it was like, yeah. And then I fucking killed him. I murdered him, just like I did all his, his, you know, brethren. Friends and family. My friend Nikki takes pride in how many she kills, and she's unemployed right now, so she just walks around her development, and it, like, count. she counts them. She's like, I'm up in the triple digits today. I call her the Spotted Lanternfly serial killer. Yeah, I, the other day, I know I killed, I lost count at, like, 12. Um, I know I killed way more than that. That was just how many I, like, stopped counting like, at. I'm done counting. I'm just taking it out. So their life and their life expectancy is a year. So one bug can live up to a year. Uh, when they That's lay an egg long. mass, the egg mass contains thirty to fifty eggs covered in a yellowish brown waxy deposit often referred to as an egg case. Um, And so researchers say, again, that's the most effective way to combat them is if you can find egg casings and just destroy them. You can usually just scrape them off a tree, squish it. Like, that's the best way to get rid of them. 
Some researchers believe that a severe cold interval is required for the eggs to develop past a certain point. However, this has not yet been confirmed. Testing has been done to determine how overwintering affects the eggs of the species. The minimum temperature that will kill the eggs was estimated by South Korean researchers to be between 9.1 and 25.9 degrees Fahrenheit. So it has to get pretty well below freezing to actually kill them. So the estimate contrasts with eggs having survived much colder winters in 2013 and 2014 temperatures in Pennsylvania, but another study done in South Korea suggested that negative 25 degrees Celsius is about the temperature at which no eggs are hatched, while 15 degrees Celsius is still limited hatching depending on how long they were chilled and where they were kept. Either way, we're going to have more next year. We're going to be back on this trying to kill them again. It's not really known exactly how they came over here. The spotted lanternfly was first detected in the United States in Berks County, which is northwest of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, on September 29th, 2014. So they've been here for about six years, but now they're really, really, really becoming like a bad problem. Every, Every year they get worse. The Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture and Pennsylvania Game Commission confirmed its presence in 2014. Based on its host affinities, it's presented a threat to the state's grape, fruit tree, and logging industries. The greatest risk of spread was seen in people transporting materials containing egg masses laid on smooth bark, stone, and other vertical surfaces. So the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture banned transport of items that could harbor the hopper, including firewood, lawnmowers, outdoor chairs, trucks, and RVs from seven municipalities on November 1st of 2014. Given the presence of old egg masses, the insect was estimated to have been in the area since at least 2012, having survived the 2013-2014 winter, uh, which was unusually cold. A national working group led by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, consisting of the university and the USDA scientists, was organized to determine what is known about the lanternfly and what research is needed, including DNA analysis to pinpoint where the infestation originated. In July 2018, spotted lanternfly was confirmed in three New Jersey counties. In September 2018, it was found in two New York locations as well as Virginia. On February 28, 2019, the Delaware Department of Agriculture signed emergency regulations for spotter lanternfly and acting a quarantine for this pest. So you can, um, you can kill the eggs October through May by scraping them off of surfaces, double bag them and throw them in the garbage or scrape the eggs directly into a Ziploc bag of alcohol or hand sanitizer to kill them. Another option is remove spotted lanternfly hosts. The tree Um, saving only male trees to use as trap trees since the spotted lanternfly requires a meal from this tree before laying eggs. Remaining male trap trees should be wrapped with sticky bands starting in early spring to catch any nymphs. Wildlife experts have warned to cover the sticky bands on trees with chicken wire or another similar wire after many reports of other animals become trapped. Trees can be treated with a systematic pesticide from June to August. The Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture recommends tree injection and bark sprays applied by professional applicators and soil drench and foliar sprays, which can be applied by homeowners. 
So we just hope that we can get rid of them, but so far we have not done a good job of it. Correct. They've gotten worse and worse every year. They are all over the southeastern Pennsylvania area, and as I said, they have spread to New Jersey, to Delaware, to Maryland, and even as far south as Virginia. So they're really gross, they're really creepy, and if you see them, you should kill them. You should squash them immediately, and it will bring you some good quarantine time fun. Yes, take out your aggression on that stupid spotted lanternfly. Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. 100%. (laughs) So yeah, Sarah, what are you talking about today? Well, uh, something, and now for something completely different. Um, So I've got two little things, but the the first thing is something I want to talk about that is a Christmas tradition that I came across that made me think of something that I would 100% be down for. And I really think we should try to make this um, a new tradition for our group, at least. And then maybe we can expand it to other people. Um, But it's going to be part of Mary Bluntsmith. Hopefully we'll see. And in a in a in a way, the name almost fits in. Um, So it's a Welsh Christmas tradition. And it's the tradition of Mary Lloyd. And I might be pronouncing it wrong, but Mary Lloyd, it's spelled M-A-R-I-L-W-Y-D. Okay. And the tradition is something will knock on your door and you'll open your door and you will be greeted with a horse skull adorned by uh, jewels and a robe. And it's propped up on a pole so that it's almost like an old school Halloween costume where you've got the human in the horse side and then they're like bent down behind it and they've got a sheet over them. So it's a person holding up a horse skull knocking on your door. And when they knock on the door, they start singing, asking to be let in so that they can come in and partake in the Christmas party and drink the Christmas wine or the Christmas drink or what it technically is, is the Christmas wassail. We'll get into that in a minute. But the horse, the person, shows up and challenges the homeowner to basically a song duel where the horse sings and is like, yo, 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 let me in, let me in, let me in, let me have that drink, let me party, what you say? And then the person in the house has to be like, yo, 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 fuck you, get off my lawn, you're not allowed in here, what you say. And the horse comes back, and he's like, I'm here already. So it's a it's a sing-off battle for whoever gives up first. And if the person in the house gives up first, then the horse gets to come in and party in the house and drink all of the drinks in the house. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> And I think that we need to bring that tradition back. Yo, 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 Mary Bluntsmith, where it's at? Yo, yo, I got yo, this horse head. Let me in. Let me in. Let me I'm in. I'm going to smoke all your weed. Mary Bluntsmith. All right. Yo, 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 you can't come in. I only got enough weed for two. I can't include a horse, which is probably three people under that horse. Yo, 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 what you say? <laughs> I like how this goes. And you go back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> so, yes, this is, it's a Welsh tradition and revelers would sing and parade behind the horse on a stick. Sure, of course. And um, sometimes if they didn't have an actual horse skull, they would just like make one out of paper. Cause fuck yeah. Who the fuck cares? You're just trying to get in and join the party and drink. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. I can't afford a horse skull. Let yo, me yo, in. Yo, yo, yo. Let me in. I really hope that that's how each of them ended is yo, yo, yo. Let me in. 
I like how that, that's how they all start and how they all end. I think that sounds about right. Yeah. And they said that some of them, some of the horse skulls would be so ornate that they would have them to where they're almost like puppets. Like the mouth would open and close as they're like singing, yes. saying, yo, 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 let me in. I assumed as much. I, I, I would assume nothing less. Yeah, you better fucking have a, it better be a puppet. Exactly. Um, despite this often being associated with Christmas, it is not only a Christmas tradition. It's actually a pre-Christian practice, which we all know Christmas came around with the Christians. Um, in fact, some of the Welsh regions will choose to have this practice and parade their horse schools around for other holidays, such as Halloween or May Day. Um, which I really think I would rather see a Mary Lewis horse come through on Halloween. Yo, 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 give me your candy. Give me your drinks. Let me in. I think there, I feel like there should be one for every holiday. Every holiday should have a horse school knocking at your door. Absolutely. Knock, knock, knock on that door. Let me in. Yo, yo, yo. That's what I think they would sing. Something like that. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. Um, the practice also incorporates the centuries-old tradition of wassailing, which I said um, wassail was a type of drink from Middle English times. Um, originally, it was a sugared and spiced drink of mulled ale, curdled cream, roasted apples, and eggs, which makes me think of basically just an early version of eggnog with apples in it. Um, but the those who partook in sharing a huge bowl of this boozy mixture were said to be wassailing, and the term evolved to describe the custom of begging for booze around Christmas, a time when poor merrymakers expected generosities that would usually be denied. So they were like, normally you wouldn't let me in to have a drink, but yo, 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 I got a horse skull, it's Christmas, let me in. And that's what would happen. <laughs> Yes, it is. I I think that's exactly how it should happen. Exactly how it happened. So it's now it's not like an actual going back and forth rap battle traditional thing, but it's more like for fun and for shits and giggles. But I really think we should bring the Christmas tradition of Mary Lloyd around this area and just take a horse skull. I'm sure we can find one. We're close to Pennsylvania. Philly's crazy, yeah. There's and some just, shit that'll turn up. Honestly, I feel like a raccoon school would suffice too, because it's Philly. <laughs> so like, yo, 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 let me in. <laughs> Even better. Yo, 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 let me in. Want to eat your trash? Yo, 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 let me in. Let me have you drink. Let me eat your trash. It's Philly. Thank you. <laughs> That's how the Philly uh, raccoons talk. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So that is um. That's the little Atlas Obscura Christmas tradition I stumbled upon that I just really latched onto and really loved, and I would love to bring it back. Um, But the second part of my story, because we do have time, is in honor of you moving into your haunted house, I pulled two of my favorite personal haunted house accounts from Reddit, sponsored by Reddit. (laughs) So I wanted to tell you these stories from other people who lived in a haunted house. And maybe, you know, if you come across any of the same symptoms, you'll know know. that your house is haunted. Bring it. So I've got two of them. So the first one is from a user named ATL Gnome Thief. So I assume they're the Atlanta Gnome Thief. Right. That's how I took it. Which is. I was like, do they steal your, like. Garden I hope they steal your Are garden there a gnomes, lot of those in and then they show up at Christmas with the garden gnome on a stick, and they're like, "Yo, yo, they're yo, like, yo, yo, let yo, me let me in." in. <laughs> Don't you recognize me? I'm your garden, I'm your garden gnome. gnome. I need a drink. What's I'll say about that? 
Um, that was a stretch. Okay, so. <laughs> this is a post by Atlanta Gnome Thief. And they said, my house was built in the 20s and several different families have lived here in the past. But there's always someone home and we have several pets, so it isn't noticeably creepy. But a few times some weirdness went down that was outright chilling. There was a hot night when my now ex-partner couldn't fall asleep, so she sat up watching TV. She heard me calling for her from the dark hallway to our room and saw my shadow move. I had hurt myself with a knife while making dinner hours ago, so she was worried the bandages needed to be changed. She quickly got up to check on me, but I was deep asleep and could not have possibly been calling for her from the doorway. So she decided to watch TV in our room with the door closed and the light on after that. Side note, this is Sarah speaking. When I read this story, I was like, number one, that's your doppelganger that she saw, and you should be lucky that you're not dead, because usually it means that you're dead. You're about to die. Yeah, oh, you're you about to died. die. And apparently they're not because they posted this 20 days ago. So as of 20 days ago, they're not <laughs> they dead. They were still together, alive, I mean. Another story they have is another time I was alone trying to take a midday nap after, work- after working a grueling 90-hour week, and I heard footsteps move across the floor. I felt the bed shift behind me like someone was lying down, which was nice. Until I remembered that my ex was out of town visiting family that weekend so I could rest. I felt so cold from fear and I wanted to run, but I was so tired and had finally started to get comfortable. So I said aloud, you can stay, but my back hurts and I'm exhausted. So please be kind and let me sleep. I've had a really rough week and this is my only day off. And that's how I ended up spooning the house ghost. Ah! those are the two most notable events most of the time things just go missing and pop up in the strangest places so stephanie if you find yourself spooning someone when val is at work or out of town you might have a house ghost (laughs) i like uh i want to hear jeff foxworthy tell me that as soon as i said it i was like that's gonna be my new you might have a house house. ghost uh you (laughs) might have a house ghost if your partner goes to work and you feel yourself getting spooned you might have a house ghost. I have a house ghost. <laughs> if you put your keys down in the key bowl every single day, but you wake up the next morning and they're hanging by the door, you might you have, might a, house have a house ghost. <laughs> you, you might, might have, have a house ghost. Oh, I love that. I love that that's our new, um, new thing. I Yeah, I think we should keep that going. So, all right, here's the next one. So maybe I can, I wonder if Jeff Foxworthy's on Cameo. On Cameo, stop it. You might have a house ghost. Yeah. Okay, you go ahead. You also have to do it with like the long drawn out like, yeah, you yeah. might have a house ghost. You might have a house ghost. <laughs> See, I like the quicker ones too, where it's like a really long story that's like, might have a house ghost. Exactly. Right at the end of it, you're like, and so you were there and there and then this thing showed up elsewhere. And you know what? You might have a house ghost. You might have a house ghost. Either way, it works. This makes me so happy. All right. So my last one is from a user whose uh, username you'll also love. And it's, be right back, my cat exploded. Oh, my God. (laughs) Which makes me hope that the cat didn't explode, but the cat exploded the litter box. Oh, my God. Cat blew up that litter box. You might have have a a cat who shit up the house. (laughs) You might have a cat shit. Um, So, uh, be right back, my cat exploded, said... 
For some backstory, I've always been interested in paranormal. However, it terrifies me and fascinates me at the same time, and I've always felt sensitive to it. When I was a young kid, my parents finally found a deal that worked for them on a good-sized home after months and months of searching. Stephanie found a house where she's like, we were looking for so long and it's so much bigger than we thought it would be. We were not wealthy by any stretch of the word. And my mom was about seven months pregnant with my little sister, so she wasn't working a lot. We also had my two stepsisters from my dad's previous marriage that would come stay with us occasionally, and it was always a struggle in the smaller duplexes and trailers we had lived in prior. So when my parents were able to afford a three-story house, they were elated. They said that when they went in to look at the house, they immediately felt uneasy. It was a wide open living dining room area, but they felt very claustrophobic and short of breath. They said they felt like they were being watched and had extreme waves of paranoia and anxiety, but they chalked it up to being emotionally overwhelmed due to the recent financial struggles. They were so excited to have the place, they completely ignored their gut instinct and closed the deal. In we go. Probably got a house Might ghost. have a house ghost. On move-in day, we walk through the front door, and the very first thing we see is one window in the living room completely covered in flies. None flying through the room, not on any other windows, and there were so many that only a couple of rays of light were peering through. Jesus Christ. My dad thought that there might be a dead animal outside, so he went to look but no carcass. He had to come and scrape the flies off the window himself. So we get moved in and the first few nights were relatively calm. I remember hearing a few creaks and moans, but the house was old. So my parents reassured me it was just the wood. Then my cat started acting weird and obviously ultimately exploded. (laughs) One night, (laughs) one night she was on my lap. One night, she was on my mom's lap, just relaxing, and out of nowhere, she bolts up to all fours, back haunched, and starts hissing at absolutely nothing. There was nobody in the room, and my dog was downstairs. She was just staring at the top of our staircase like she was about to attack something, but nothing was there. My mom was freaked out, but she brushed it off. She went back to watching TV, and my cat went to the stairs. The stairs were tiered, so there were four at the bottom. They leveled off to a little platform, and then there were, like, 20 that led to our bedrooms upstairs. My -hmm. cat walked to the top, immediately froze, and almost like she was taxidermied, she all of a sudden flies off the stairs. She didn't jump. She didn't fall. She was thrown. It looked like something had kicked her off the top of the stairs as hard as it could. She didn't touch the ground until about 15 stairs down, then scampered off into the kitchen and didn't leave for the rest of the night. My mom lost her shit and called my dad, who came in and consoled her, and they went to bed. Fast forward to winter, and we have a dog in my basement. She was an outside dog by choice. We would let her out to potty, bring her in, and not 30 seconds later... And not 30 seconds later, she would whine to go back out. She roamed our backyard, which was plenty spacious, and she was the sweetest dog I've ever met. Never so much as growled at anyone. She was also very energetic, and the basement housed all of my dad's work tools at one end, so we had her on a chain that was long enough to let her get to every part of the basement but that little corner that housed the tools. 
One night, my dad went down to check on her and spend some time with her. We had a door that opened to a small staircase down into the basement. As soon as my dad saw her, he knew something was not right. She was at the end of her chain, pulling as hard as she could, almost choking herself. Every hair on her back was on end, and she was growling as loud as she could. My dad said he's never seen a dog that angry, and this is a dog he's known since she was born, so she knows him, and she didn't think he was a stranger. But she was snarling and drooling, and my dad says she wasn't looking at him, but she was looking at something behind him, almost like he was invisible. Oh, what? My dad is a tough-as-nails Missouri redneck, never been scared of anything a day in his life, but he said, you might have a house ghost. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what it said in the story, but I added it for context. Um, Over the next few months, we had a smattering (laughs) of activity. We heard... (laughs) We heard whistling at night. Someone would knock on our door. Nobody would be there. Out of nowhere, we would smell the overwhelming scent of roses. One night, we were playing hide-and-seek, and and my sister hid in the closet. I don't know. She's fucking dumb. She's a kid. Just big enough for her to fit in with those weird accordion doors. I walked by and heard her giggling, so I told her, found you, and went to open the door, but I couldn't. She thought I was joking, and I was young, but not young enough to not be able to open an accordion door. She started yelling for me to let her out, but for the life of me, I could not get this door open. I yelled for my dad, and he came to try, and lo and behold, he couldn't open it either. It was like someone was holding it shut. Again, my dad is a tough-as-nails redneck. He's incredibly strong. He was yanking on the door with all his strength. But he could not get it open. It got to the point where he had to tear part of the door off with a hammer and use the knob on the inside. My God. Eventually, we were all terrified, so we called my grandfather to come and bless the house. Grandfather showed up and he said, y'all got a house ghost. Got a house ghost, yep. He was a very spiritual man, had experience with And he was like, y'all might have a house ghost. Y'all might have a house ghost. He had experience with the paranormal and went so far as to get himself ordained. He came with holy water and sage and did his thing. The second he started, he was dripping with sweat, like he had just run a marathon. He told us right off the bat that something was there, it was not nice, and it did not want us there. He took about two hours, went through the whole house. When he got to the basement, he hesitated but he went in anyway, saying that was the hot spot. We were upstairs while he was down there, but he swore till the day he died that he saw the shadow of an old man in the corner staring at him. My grandfather was never a jokester. Uh, sorry, my grandfather was a jokester, but never when it came to his family or their well-being, and he took this sort of thing very seriously. When he finished, he said we would be safe for now, but to look at moving as soon as humanly possible. So that's exactly what we did. We moved not even a month later and never thought twice about going back. Because they had a house ghost. They have a house ghost. They did, though. So, Stephanie, keep an eye out. Let us know if you have a house ghost. If one of your cats gets kicked down the stairs. If you and Val are playing hide and seek and you can't open the door that Val's hiding in um 
I will let you know if any of those very specific instances happen. Please, please do. Or if you feel cold spots. Or if for some reason you bring out a Ouija board. Uh, you probably have a house guest. Um, oh, yeah. Sounds good. There you go. <laughs> so those are my stories in honor of soon to of be my new haunted house. Christmas drinking and then also your new haunted house. I'm excited about everything. Yeah. I'm about excited about our new uh, catchphrase for our tight five. I'm so excited. I'm going to go wash my butthole right now. Please go wash your butthole. <laughs> Just be careful. The ghost might be watching. Or the ghost might be you know wondering how to use that thing. So make sure you tell them, like, turn the knob this way. It'll clean I your ghost I left the instructions butthole. out. I mean, but it says on the thing, it's like, right is the bum wash, left is the nozzle wash. You know grandma is in there like, what is this newfangled contraption? It matches her bathroom. Like, it's got that old, those, like, old pink tiles. These like, people that's what the who moved in like. here seem to we, really like it. We chose the pink tushy to match our bathroom. <laughs> She's so like, I appreciate that. Let me just try it. Ooh. She's going to love it. She's going to love it. <laughs> Hopefully her farts smell like roses. I hope so. That, that would be lovely. But then you remember that it is still a fart. Yes. That's but, fair. You know, well enough. There you go. I'd rather it smell like roses than smell like a fart. Than smell like a fart. They also mm-hmm. say that the smell of sulfur is a sign of a demon, and sulfur is a fart smell if I've ever smelled a fart smell. Oh, I haven't smelled any sulfur, so that's good. Oh, that's good. For now. That's good. All right, everybody. Well, if you have enjoyed listening to this and us talking about our buttholes and... Um, We're taking it back to episode <laughs> you one. Might have a, you might have a house ghost. You might have a house ghost. You can support our show by subscribing to our Patreon, which I would highly recommend because you can subscribe for as little as a dollar a month. That gets you access to our Patreon-exclusive Facebook group, which is my favorite part of Facebook these days anyway. Honestly. It's such a good time in there. Our listeners are doing the Lord's work in that group. It is such a fun group, and it's got me and Sarah and Christina and Colleen and all the people that you hear about on our show all the time. They're all there having a great time. For $5 a month, you're going to get I Seen It, which last month was Sleepy Hollow. It, it was, was really, really good. good. I'm so excited about this month's episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. It. And you should totally, totally, totally subscribe, and you'll get that. $15 a month gets you the Celebrity Ghost Fart, where every month I illustrate a ghost who's farting and is also a famous person. It just started last month with Edgar Allan Poe. It's really cool. You'll also get bonus content from Christina, who is making a show for us called Me, Myself, and YouTube, where she talks all about crazy celebrity YouTube drama, and it's a rocking good time. So $1, $5, $15, all great stuff. And of course, in the higher tiers, you get everything in the lower tiers, as well as what's in that specific reward system. Super great. And of course, if you can't support us financially, which we understand, you can also go to our iTunes page and give us a five-star review. And that helps us immensely. It's totally free. And if you take a screenshot and send it to us, then we will also send you a sticker for free. We will. We'll so that it. is a, that's a net gain financially. Bam, you're making and money. In the middle, of course, there's our website, deadtimestories.com, where you can buy merch and just support our show in general. And Sarah loves reading your emails, so deadtimestories at gmail.com is where you can email us. And yeah, that's all the stuff from us, right? I think so. That's it. That's our whole spiel. We should probably shorten it because the people are here this long. They know how to find Um, us. They know what's up. They know what's up. So I want to thank you for listening. And yeah, thanks for supporting our show. Thanks for supporting our show. Until next week, I'm Sarah. I'm Stephanie. And this has been Dead Dead Time Time Stories.
Thanks for listening. Stephanie has a house ghost. You might have a house Stephanie ghost. Stephanie does. I do. We'll see. I really hope we I really hope we get fan art about you might have a house ghost. I think that's the next tote bag. Fingers crossed. Oof, keep it going. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Ferguson. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 